Thank you, choir. And I just appreciate y'all doing that song. It goes right along with uh, what God is wanting to share with us this morning. I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles again to the Gospel of John. And I want us to read verses 1 through 18. So would you stand with me as we read those passages of Scripture this morning? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from John, sent from God, whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. He was not that light, nor was, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh, and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, He has revealed Him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord Jesus, we are so grateful that You came to reveal the mystery of how a holy God could love and forgive a world full of sinners like us. I pray that you, this morning, through your word and through this message, would reveal more of yourself to every person here, that we would be drawn to you. For I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Much of Christmas is about anticipation. Children who've waited all year for those presents, wrapped under the tree, dying to see what's in them, but they have to wait till Christmas morning to unwrap them and to reveal what's inside. As I shared with you last week, imagine the anticipation before the first Christmas. That is, prophecies, hundreds of which had been foretelling of the coming of this 
Messiah, this king. And then all of a sudden, 400 years of silence between the prophet Malachi and the gospel writer Matthew. And then here comes John the Baptist. And he begins talking about this one who has come, who's about to burst onto the scene. And you begin to see that the package that Jesus, that God had been talking about, the, you begin to sense the papers being pulled back just a little bit. You're, you're beginning to see that, that this might be the one that had the prophets had foretold about centuries before. See, that's what this series is all about, that Jesus Christ is the big reveal of Christmas. He has revealed the mystery of God that had been foretold in hundreds of years before through the prophecies. And now in this manger and in this person who died on the cross and who was buried and who was resurrected, he is the one who has revealed things to us. And last week we talked about how Jesus revealed life. It says in verse for in him was life. And we talked about what about life Jesus made known to us. But I want you to notice something else he says here in verse 4. And the life was the light of men. You know, Jesus came to reveal light. Now we're all light junkies. Think about all the ways we use light in our daily lives. What's one of the first things you did when you got out of bed this morning? You, thank you, Bob. You just illustrated my point. Because if you look at your smartphone, it has a light. I was going to use that. Thank you for getting me there. Your mobile device, light. So as you got out of bed and you stumbled to the bathroom, chances are you flicked on the light, right? Before you looked in the mirror, before you could see your reflection, you had to turn on the light. It's the first thing you do in the morning, turn on the light. The last thing you do at night, turn off the light. Light is what we need. We see signs all over the place that are lit up. You know, the most fascinating signs in town these days are those video uh, screen signs, those big billboard video billboards, full of light, little miniature lights. Lights in your cars that you have to have to drive at night. We're entertained by light. What happens at July the 4th? Firework shows. Laser light shows. We're fascinated by light. Musicals and theatrical productions. A lot of it is light driven. Christmas decorations. Anybody have any Christmas lights on their house? In their house? We're fascinated with light. What does it mean that Jesus is the light? The word in the original New Testament language, light, in this verse, means to make manifest, to reveal. And that not that what light does? It reveals something. It, it makes something visible. So when John says here that Jesus is the light, He's saying that he came to reveal something. He came to reveal someone. Science tells us that light is constituted of three rays or groups of wavelengths. Distinct from each other, no one of which without the other would be light. 
Each ray has its own separate function. The first ray of light originates. The second ray of light formulates and illuminates or makes the light visible. And the third consummates. The first ray of light is often called invisible light. The, and it's neither seen nor felt. The second ray of light is both seen and felt. And the third is not seen, but is felt as heat and warmth. Now, what does that have to do with this message? Well, let me read that again, and I want you to think of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Light is made up of three rays, each distinct from each other, but no one of which without the other would be light. You take away any person of the Trinity and you don't have God. Each ray has its separate function. The first ray originates God the Father. The second ray illuminates or makes known, reveals God the Son became flesh. The third ray consummates the Holy Spirit is the one who lives out the life of Christ within us. The first ray, often called invisible light, God is invisible, the Father. The second ray is both seen and felt because Jesus became flesh. And the third ray is not seen but is felt, the Holy Spirit. In the Bible, light has always been equated to God and good and righteousness, while darkness has always been equated to Satan and evil and sin. God told Paul in Acts 26, 18, he said, I'm sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to the power of God. Paul tells the church at Corinth, he asks this question, what fellowship does light have with darkness? And let me ask you that question, can light and darkness coexist? They cannot coexist. And then he asks this follow-up question, so therefore what, is, what fellowship does righteousness have with lawlessness? Can righteousness and lawlessness coexist? You have one or you have the other. The Bible tells us in 1 Timothy that God dwells in unapproachable light. And in 1 John 1, 5, that God is light, and in Him is no darkness whatsoever. So light is God's way. Darkness is Satan's way. God is light. Satan is darkness. And the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, that the devil seeks to blind people and to keep them in darkness, he says, lest the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ would shine upon them. You see, why are people in unbelief today? It's because the devil has blinded them, has, has somehow kept them from seeing the light. It's not that the light has not shined. It's not that the light has not been there. It's that 
Either they have a darkened mind and understanding of their own rebellious accord, or the devil himself has blinded them. Righteousness is light. Sin is darkness. Listen or look at the scripture in 1 John chapter 1, verse 6 and 7. If we say that we have fellowship with him, that is Jesus, and we walk in darkness, we are liars and are not practicing the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So if Jesus is called light here in John chapter 1, it means he's God. Remember the Trinity. It means that he's God's way. It means that he's God's righteousness. It means that he came to shine and to show the way of God and God's way and God's righteousness to a world of sin and darkness. So, who is this light for? Well, the Bible tells us in our text this morning in John 1 verse 9, that was the true light which gives light to how many people? Every man coming into the world. So, did this light just shine on America? Did it shine just on Europe? Or did it shine in China? Did it shine in India? Did it shine in the remotest parts of Africa and South America? Where did this light shine? Everywhere. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 16, The people who sit in darkness, or sat in darkness, have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region... And shadow of death, light has dawned. That's every living soul that's ever come into this world. The light of Jesus Christ has shined or shone upon them. Paul said it like this in Titus 2.11. For the grace of God for salvation has appeared to all men. Now, friends, it's not my job to explain how that happens because I am not God, nor can I understand the ways of God. For God's ways are higher than my ways, and God's thoughts are higher than my thoughts. But if God says that the light of Jesus Christ has shone upon all people and the grace that brings salvation has appeared to all men, then I have no choice but to what? Believe it, right? Not argue with it. Not say what if, or but, or how, but say, yes, God, thank you, and thank you that it's shown upon me. We're going to see towards the end of this message that we still have an obligation. You see, this light is a comprehensive light. Creation teaches us this truth. As God created the sun, it was for all men everywhere. Did the sun shine just on one nation of the world, or did the sun shine upon the whole earth? It's not just for a select privileged few. And all of us were in darkness. That's what Ephesians 5, 8 tells us. You were once in darkness. Every one of us here were once in darkness. But it was God, the Bible says, who commanded light to shine out of the darkness. He says in 2 Corinthians 4, he says in verse 6, It is the, it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God 
in the face of Jesus Christ. That's a mouthful. I want to read that again. It is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. God shone the light of Jesus to us who were once in darkness. Again, creation illustrates this truth. Genesis 1, chapter 2, and verse 2 and 3 tells us that the earth was formless, void, and darkness covered the face of the waters. And God spoke and said, Let there be light. And there was light. So at His command, after He had been hinting at it for hundreds of years through hundreds of prophecies, and even though there was a 400-year period of silence, at his command, boom, a virgin conceived, a virgin gave birth, and light, the light of God, came into the world. He commanded light to shine upon all of us who were in the darkness of sin. You see, who is the light for? It's for everybody. And what does the light of Jesus do for us? Well, first of all, it reveals our sin. In John chapter 3, verse 19 and through 21, Jesus speaking to Nicodemus, the religious leader, a religious leader, says this, and this is the, con this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light. Why would you love darkness rather than light? What would draw a person to darkness rather than light? Well, Jesus gives the answer there. What does it say? Because their deeds were evil. Listen, if you hate the light, it's because your heart and your deeds are evil. And you're of the darkness. And you're of the devil. But you, the light has shined upon you. You have a choice, he said in verse 20. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. You see, they, the, the light exposes the stuff in the shadows. The light exposes the secret junk in our lives. And we try to keep it hidden from God. It's been said that making decisions in the dark can lead to some regrettable consequences. Back in the days before electricity, a tight-fisted old farmer was taking his hired man to task for carrying a lighted lantern when he went to call on his best girl. Why, he exclaimed, when, when I went a court and I never carried one of those things. I always went in the dark. And yes, the hired man said, Riley, and look what you got. <laughs> never wise. To live and make decisions in the dark. But how many people are living that way? The light came to reveal our sin. The light came to reveal God's righteousness. In John chapter 16, he speaks of the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. And he says, the Holy Spirit, Jesus is teaching his disciples. He said, when he comes, he will convict. Now remember the Holy Spirit is invisible, but He's felt. It's that ray of light that you don't see, but you feel through heat. 
The Holy Spirit comes to convict. You feel the heat of conviction. And he says he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness, two opposites, and of judgment. So he comes to convict us. He comes to reveal to us the righteousness, the, our unrighteousness, and God's righteousness. He comes to show us that our righteousness, as Isaiah put it, is as filthy rags. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. Our attempts to get to God through our good works, through our religion, through our rituals, is filthy rags to God. This is what Paul was trying to explain to the church at Rome when he said about the, the religious elite of the Jews. He said, For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, and sought to establish their own righteousness, not having submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. It is the Holy Spirit who shines that ray of conviction, that heat ray of light upon our sin and shows us that in comparison to Joe Blow, you may look pretty good, but in comparison to Jesus Christ, you're a filthy scumbag. And you need to repent or you'll face the third thing he convicts you of, judgment. Because the prince of this world, the, the devil, is judged. He says unless you repent, you'll face the same judgment as the devil which the Bible tells us what will happen to him. God's righteousness, his standards do not change with the culture. Our culture has changed dramatically in my, I'm going to say, short lifetime. I don't care how old you think I am, young people. My life's but a vapor. So is yours. I was just born the other day. When God says a thousand days is a thousand years is one day and one day is a thousand years, I was just born the other day. One thing I've seen in my short life is how dramatic, well, a dra dramatic transformation of this culture. What was hidden and ashamed is now paraded and celebrated. And we are told that we must accept that. And I'm not just talking about homosexuality. I'm talking about immorality of all kinds. I'm talking about even Christians trying to live out their faith on the job is, is being uh, condemned and frowned upon. We have undergone, in my short lifetime, a dramatic, almost 180-degree culture transformation. And we're told that God still smiles on us and that God is still pleased with us. And let me say to you, uh, as a voice, John the Baptist crying in the wilderness, God's standard of righteousness does not change when the culture does. Einstein said that the reason he could construct the theory of relativity was because there was one thing in the world that's unchangeable. Guess what it is? Light. Specifically, the speed of light. It's the only constant in this physical, material universe is the speed of light. Light travels at the rate of 186,000 miles per second. 
That's seven times around the world at the tick of a clock. Constant. Only constant in this physical, material world. Listen, when it says Jesus is light, he's trying to tell you that his light doesn't waver. It's going to shine the, right, the righteousness of God and it's going to shine pure for generation after generation. It reveals the way to God. You see, when it says Jesus is the light, when you, you know, I, I go, I have chickens, and I go, I tell my wife about, about dusk, sometimes it's after dusk, uh, after dark, it's, and I'll say, I got to go tuck in my chickens, and she just laughs. And so I grab my flashlight, because I can't see, and I walk out there, and I have to go shut my gate so none of the critters can get in to my chicken coop. That's what I mean when I'm going to tuck in my chickens. And, then, and the, you know the main reason I carry my flashlight? I know the way there. I just don't want to step in. <laughs> if you've ever raised chickens, you know what I'm talking about. That light reveals, it sh and it shows me the way, the things I want to miss and the way I want to go. Jesus came to shine the way to God. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. In John 1, in our text this morning, he says, He came to his own and his own rejected him, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God. That's the way. Acts 4.12 tells us, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There's only one way, and it's Jesus. The Bible says Paul wrote to Timothy, in 2 Timothy in chapter 1, verse 9 and 10, he says that Jesus who saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. The very gospel is light. It's the way to God. So the last question I want to answer and ask this morning is, what should our response to the light be? To the light of Jesus. If you go back to John chapter 1, here's what the scripture says in verse 5, and the light shines in the darkness. Okay, that's a given. Wherever there's darkness, the light of Jesus is shining. Just think about that. Wherever there's darkness, the light of Jesus is shining. Is there darkness in Thomasville? The light of Jesus is shining. Is there darkness in Russia? The light of Jesus is shining. But here's the issue. is not, not that the light of Jesus is not shining. The issue is, is what is our response to the light. You know, when, when last Sunday after church was over, I, I had Bobby and Brian help me out. I said, because something at the end of the service caused me to go blind. I, one of these lights just hit me right in the face. 
it was some shift in the way we were doing lights, and it just blinded me. And so I had to shield my eyes. See, I'm kind of blinded right now. I can see y'all a lot better when I do that. Better I do this. But I can see y'all a lot better right now. I can, I can shield myself from the light. He says, in the darkness did not comprehend it. Now that word comprehend, let's take that word at face value. Comprehend. You know what the word comprehend means. It, it means to understand, to find, to discover. And many, most, are not comprehending, discovering, understanding the light. In fact, they're hiding, shielding themselves from the light. They're hiding in the shadows. They're running, seeking to hide themselves from the, the light. That's what Jesus said in John 3. They don't come to light because their deeds are evil. They don't want to be exposed. You know, we see this happening during the Great Tribulation. By the way, before I go there, listen to what Isaiah prophesied. By the time it happens in Great Tribulation, it will have been several thousand years before it happens. Isaiah said this, or God spoke to Isaiah. They shall go into the holes of the rocks and to the caves of the earth from the terror of the Lord and the glory of his majesty when he arises to shake the earth mightily. Now listen to what happens in the book of Revelation chapter 6 during the great tribulation. And the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man. So God is saying, the word is saying, everybody from the highest to the lowest hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains, and to the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. See, some are doing that today. They're trying to run from God, his light. What they don't understand now is that his light, yes, it exposes sin, it reveals sin, but it also reveals the way a sinner can come to a holy God and be forgiven of that sin and be gloriously saved and have the life that we talked about last week, that abundant life, that eternal life that they cannot have any other way. There are some who are not only hiding from the light and hate the light, but they are trying to overcome the light. They're trying to conquer it, trying to extinguish it. In fact, that's the real meaning of this word, did not comprehend. In fact, your text probably, if you have a different version, says that. And the darkness did not overcome or could not overcome the light. There are many people today in our nation that are trying to overcome the light. They're trying to extinguish it. Let's get the Ten Commandments out of the public square. Let's take prayer out of the public schools. Let's make it illegal to, to say anything about God in any public way. What's going on here? Well, they're trying to extinguish the light. It's an age-old Thing that's been happening. Herod tried it when Jesus was born. He sent the wise men. And the wise men were coming anyway. They were, they were coming to worship the king, but, but he used them as pawns to try to find out exactly where 
Jesus was. And then when he found out that it was in Bethlehem, what did he do? He had every baby boy, two years and under, terminated. So he could hope that he could extinguish the life of Jesus. But he was unsuccessful. My friends, I'm here to tell you today, this world's going to be unsuccessful extinguishing the light. You cannot extinguish the light of Jesus. So some try to overcome it. Some try to hide from it. But what should we do? Well, we should follow it. What did the wise men do when they saw the star in the east? They saw that, that light that was different, that was unusual. They had never seen it before. They had studied the stars for all of their life, but this was an unusual, a different light. What did they do? They followed it. They followed the light. They followed the star. The Bible tells us in John, Jesus says in chapter 8 and verse 12, He says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. We ought to be following Jesus. Following Him to repentance. Following Him to life. Following Him to faith. Following Him in obedience and into eternity. What should we be doing? We should be believing and receiving the light of Jesus. He says back in our text in verse 11, verse 12, As many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. Believe. Receive. Don't reject the light. Receive the light. Let it shine in every dark corner of your heart and mind. Expose everything that's there. Get it all out. He knows it already. Tell him all about it. Dump it on him. That's the wonderful thing about the grace of God is you can dump all your junk on him and his grace is sufficient. And he will. His mercy is new and everlasting. He will forgive you if you will confess and admit in him and get it all out. He will take it. The word forgive means to remove. He will remove your sins as far as the east is from the west. The Bible says he will remember it no more, but you've got to turn it over to him. You can't hang on to it. He will forgive you because he loves you. But you must believe and receive. Jesus said it again. In John chapter 12 and verse 46, he says, I have come as a light into the world. Whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. Many of you have made that commitment. There may be some of you here this morning who have not made that commitment to Christ. The invitation this morning is for you. Don't hide from the light. Don't try to extinguish the light. Follow it to God. Receive Jesus Christ. Receive all the conviction of your sin. Don't, don't reject and say, I'm not a sinner. That's not a sin. Agree with God. That's what the word confess means. Agree with God that it is sin. And give it to Him. Ask Him to forgive you, save you. Believe that what He did on Calvary's cross, that He took your punishment when He died on the cross, that it was for you. And ask Him to forgive you and save you. He will. He will. Again, many of you have already made this commitment. So what is your responsibility to the light? Well, the Bible says in, first, in John 1, 6, our text, there was a man sent from God whose name was, and I want you to take your pen, and if you're a woman, I want you to put the word woman above the word man, and then right beside the word John, I want you to write your name. I don't see anybody writing. I don't write my Bible. It's the Holy Bible. 
It is the Holy Bible, but it's a book you can write in. There was a man sent from God whose name was Lee. There was a woman who's sent from God whose name was Tana. Put your name there. Because what's your responsibility to the light if you've already received it and believe it? It's to bear testimony of it. It's to shine it. And it's with our voice. John said in verse 23, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Listen, men and women, boys and girls, you can't say I'll just shine with my life. You don't just shine with your life. When you have the light of Jesus in you, and you have the life of Jesus in you, and you have the word of God, the very living word of God within you, you're like Jeremiah who said, you know what, I, every time I open my mouth about God, I get in trouble. I'm just going to shut up. And you know what Jeremiah finally realized? It was like a fire within him. He couldn't keep it in. It was com he felt compelled. That's the way I felt, compelled to tell people. And if you've truly been changed, you must shine the light of Jesus with your life and with your voice. Yes, with your walk. Ephesians 5, 8 says, we were once in darkness, but now we're children of the light. Walk as children of the light. Yes, use your life and use your voice. The two go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. If you're walking in the light, you will be speaking of the light. The Bible says we're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither did men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but they put it at the top where it gives light to the whole house. Your light. Shine the light. Why? Because he says in verse 7, that all through him might believe. Who is the him in that phrase? The him there is John the Baptist. Do you know that's who the him is? It's not Jesus. He's still talking about John the Baptist. John the Baptist is still the subject that's carried over. That man, this man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light that through him, that all through him might believe. Through the witness of John the Baptist, people would believe in Jesus. You know, God wants to use your light. You're the light of the world. Jesus called himself the light of the world. He's now living in many of you. We're the light of the world. We've got to shine the light and the love of God with our life and with our voice so that through us, people can believe. You know the Bible opens with darkness? The Bible opens with darkness. The earth was without form and void, and darkness covered the face of the world. Do you know the light, how the Bible ends? It ends with light. Scripture says, the city... The heavenly city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. And it says in chapter 22, There shall be no night there. They need no lamp nor light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light. The Bible opens with darkness but ends in light, except for those who reject the light. So I close this message with another warning. If there's anybody here today that you feel the, the light of the Holy Spirit, the heat, the conviction of the Holy Spirit, or you feel exposed this morning by the light of Jesus Christ exposing your sin and your unrighteousness, 
and you're, you're tempted to run and to hide or, or to reject it, to try to extinguish it, here's the warning. The Bible says Jesus compared hell as a, he says hell is a place of outer darkness. In the book of Jude, Jude says that it's reserved, those who reject Christ, a place is res, uh, for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. In other words, hell will be a place where you can't see your hand in front of your face. You say, wait a minute. I thought hell would be a lake of fire. Doesn't fire give off light? Yes, it does. Aircraft carriers, Chris and Marley, you may be familiar with this. Aircraft carriers, those who are working out there on the deck of the aircraft carrier. I've read that when that jet blast comes out, the hottest part of that jet blast is invisible. But it's the hottest part. The hottest fire is invisible fire. So you can have fire and darkness at the same time. And that's what's reserved for those who reject the light. Don't be a light rejecter. Be a light receptor and a light reflector. That's the invitation. Who of you needs to be a light receptor this morning? And yea, don't all of us need to be a light reflector? Let's bow our heads this morning.